T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome to Overnight America. What a night of nights. We have a lot planned. In fact, I don't remember the last time we have scheduled this many guests on a show because we got a... A lot of guests that will be joining us in about 25 minutes or so. We're going to be joined by, and this one was requested by a listener, by the way. He's a litigation attorney, and he's running for a circuit attorney here in St. Louis up against Kim Gardner. His name is Daniel Zadrowski, and he is going to spend a couple of segments with us to talk about what he would do if he were circuit attorney in St. Louis. And I think they're all good things. In fact, very positive things that we should be looking towards Uh, at least making some changes back to trying to get things under control. Dr. Gerald Lamaro is going to start the next hour with us, and he is a expert on forecasting models. So with all the different polling out there, he's got his own way of forecasting these things. And we've had him on the show before. We primarily focus on the presidential race because he said, based on his models, Donald Trump will be reelected, which is not exactly what you see with some of the national polling. But uh, Dr. Lamero, he I wanted to have him open up his forecasting on a few other things. The Missouri governor's race in the first and second congressional districts here in Missouri. So what does he think is going to happen with those two based on what he's seen? And on top of that, too, historian and author Dr. Philip Goodrich will join us at about 930 on why Amy Coney Barrett is a good fit for the Supreme Court. He joined us maybe, I don't know, three months ago, three months ago or so. He has a book called Somerset, which was a book about a slave that fought in the English court system for his freedom, was successful, and it was essentially the way that Ben Franklin used to try to sell to the colonies here for their independence, and it really launched a revolution that way. It's very interesting, the events that were in that book. So he's a great historian in that sense, but he also looks at things like this. So what's going on with the Supreme Court? He'll talk about that. Something that's not as serious, and I'm happy. I'm glad we get you know at least a couple of segments. If you're a board game fan, I am. I enjoy playing board games. It's you know you bring the friends over. What's nice is that sometimes you can include the kids. Other times you don't have to include the kids. It could be the parents that play it, and the kids go do their own thing. Eric uh, Arneson is a former newspaper reporter. He writes about board games and games in general, and he's going to come on and talk about board games. That'll be pretty neat. I'm sure you have your own favorite games. Also, Paul Barry III, he's running for county executive and up against 
Dr. Sam Page. We're going to welcome him back onto the show. A few things that have developed since then, and even yesterday, we made sure to talk about some of those developments with um, just so much going on in the county. So Paul Berry III will be joining us. And later on the show, too, there's a interesting theory when it comes to polling. So Ryan Wiggins, who's a co-host of the Annie Fry Show on our sister station, 97.1, will come on and do that. Wow, can you believe it? That is a packed, packed show. Not even touching on some of the big topics that happened today, too, with the McCloskeys. You heard in the news there. Two big other things today. The networks continue to block out that big bombshell when it comes to uh, Bubulinski. He's the one that came out and said, hey, this Hunter Biden stuff's real. I'm the proof. I can tell you. Here's the proof. <laughs> I was there. I saw this. I'm a witness, and I'm going on the record. So why is that the main networks, the ABC, the CBS, the NBCs, are just doing their best to stop this from getting out there? He was on with Tucker Carlson last night, a couple of uh, interesting revelations in that, and also testifying today were the heads of Facebook, Twitter, and Google facing questions from U.S. senators. A few of those moments. We'll get to that in the next break. Okay. That seems like a lot of business right off the top, a lot of business to uh, talk about in the show. There's one bit of business that we mentioned at the end of the show last night, and it was something that a lot of people were a little bit upset about because they did not like the idea that we could be potentially losing one of our favorite songs that we do on Thursday. Yeah. You know, on Thursday, there's only one song that I think people look forward to, and it's this one. You know, by the way, I the version we play on this is edited, so when you hear the opening to it, you probably think, eh, the song's not as good as I thought it was. Let's let's fast forward a little bit. So the question was, do we replace our favorite Thursday song here on Overnight America with something different? That's right. I'm the very last radio host to play Friday. I'm going to say in the entire world still when it comes to Friday, and I enjoy it myself. doesn't matter. One person, and I won't uh, say who it is, but he goes by the name of Producer Mike, recommended, hey, what if we replace Friday with the original version of Gloria by the Italian artist Umberto Tozzi? You know, it kind of sounds like Laura Brannigan because they're very similar in the sense, but this came out in 79. Laura Brannigan was at 82-ish. So here's the original version. So I, I want you to know that I asked you to vote. Anyone that may be following me on Facebook or Twitter, I put it out there. How would you prefer? Would you rather hear Rebecca Black on Thursday night, or would you like to change up to the new challenger, which is the Umberto Tozzi Gloria version in Italian? Which one would you rather hear on a Thursday night? Could this be the new Thursday night song? It could be. Well, here to tell you the results of that. And if you were online and you sent me a message, I'm just going to tell you it was overwhelming the amount of response we got for this. So many people reached out. So many people commented. So many people wanted this for their Thursday song. Oh, you know it. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on 
Everybody's looking for a word to the... Take that, Umberto. And Friday, Friday, kicking down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Party and party. Yeah! I know you're singing along. You're not fooling me. So thank you to everyone that went online and decided to sound off. So it looks like we will not be replacing Rebecca Black Thursday nights into Friday. <laughs> Just won't happen unless there's another challenger in the future. This is how democracy works. So come, <laughs> is this how it works? If there was, is there another election we should be paying attention to? Or is it just trying to vote for their favorite songs on Thursday nights? All right, two big things happened today. In the tech world, at least, Facebook, Twitter, Google sat down to face questions from senators. And we saw the big revelations from the interview last night on Tucker Carlson with the dealings of Hunter Biden and the laptop getting a little bit more legitimacy. We're going to talk about that, too, coming up on Overnight America KMOX. Weekday mornings at 8.30, Charlie Brennan and Amy Marks Kors provide perspective on KMOX and KMOX.com. Welcome back to Overnight America. One person texted in, the Gloria song makes no sense to play. <laughs> Friday makes perfect sense on Friday. <laughs> I guess so. I'm really looking forward to, in about 10, 15 minutes from now, his name is Daniel Zadrowski, and he is a litigation attorney here in St. Louis and running for circuit attorney. I think he is someone that would do a fantastic job compared to to what we have now in Kim Gardner. So I wanted to give him some time to come on and talk about what he would do differently, what he sees as the problems that we're running into when it comes to the circuit attorney's office currently and what he would do to change that if he were elected. And it's difficult because you look at the city of St. Louis and the demographic and will they actually vote him? It's it's hard to say. And probably he's uphill a lot in this one. So we're going to spend some time with him and we'll let him make his case because I think it's important. All right, two big things that are going on. One, uh, the networks, when it comes to this whole story, and just last night on Tucker Carlson's program, he spent extensive amount of time trying to talk about Tony Bobulinski. And he is the person that was the business associate of Hunter Biden. He was the one that came out and verified a lot of these emails and then even went further and said that, well, I've been in contact with the Bidens and they didn't like what I was doing. I tried to give them a chance to redact the things that they were saying because I didn't like how they were trying to make it sound like I was a Russian disinformation agent. And he goes on to Tucker Carlson. He's very credible. And what happens? Even after this hour-long sit-down on Tuesday night, Media Research, um, MRC, the Media Research uh, Commission or Central or say Channel, whatever it is, decided to monitor Wednesday. Okay, will NBC, ABC, and CBS talk about this very credible business associate, legitimate business associate, documented, proven business associates come forward with this evidence? Will they at least give it some time on their morning shows? And the answer is no. So the uh, Media Research Center, MRC, decided to look at it and no didn't bother bringing it up and they also mentioned since this story came out on october 14th there's been 113 hours total of morning and evening shows covering the news and of those 113 hours 21 minutes of 113 hours have even mentioned joe biden in this sense it doesn't change anyone's uh, opinion to know that these different networks don't ask or treat joe biden the same way they treat donald trump and they a lot of, to me, it looks like they're shielding. They're trying to protect someone. And what does that say about their integrity, if that's the case? They're proposedly, uh, supposedly 
journalists. Are they really journalists if that's what they're doing? So I wanted to lay out a few things from the Fox News interview from last night. And there was the one thing that really stands out. Why is he coming forward? And this is on Hunter uh, Tucker Carlson's program. The reason you're hearing a lot of this for the first time tonight on this show is because they have resolutely ignored it and tried to suppress the story. Joe Biden has rarely been asked about it, though there is an enormous amount of detail and documentation that no one has refuted because it's real. This topic did come up because the president pushed it at last week's presidential debate. And what was notable was that Joe Biden didn't deny any specifics about his connections to the Chinese Communist Party, his family doing business there, he himself participating in that business. Instead, Biden dismissed the entire story out of hand and suggested that Tony Bobulinski, who is a veteran, a former naval officer, was part of a Russian disinformation campaign aimed at this country. His evidence for that? Well, there wasn't any. Instead, he cited a letter from, quote, 50 foreign national, former national intelligence folks, almost all of them partisans, every one of them a liar. None of them had directly assessed the information. Not one of them called Tony Bobulinski. They knew nothing. Joe Biden said that on stage. And so when we spoke to Tony Bobulinski, we asked him his reaction to that. And here's what he said. Tell me about the conversation that you had with Joe Biden. What did, what did he say to you? Uh, you mean the morning after he spoke? That's right. Um, it just it was uh, there was a ten people running around getting him something to drink, and we were backstage in a cramped space. And he asked me to walk with him out to the car, and he just asked, you know, how I did and uh, what I thought of his speech. And uh, I thought he did a great job in the speech. And obviously, cancer is a very serious thing that we should all be working together to solve. I just lost a sister-in-law within the last two weeks, uh, sadly, to cancer. And um, uh, and then he just sort of asked me to keep an eye on his son and his brother. Yeah. What, what do you think he meant by that? Um, I think it was conscious of things and, you know, I can't speak for him. Uh, maybe right. I would love for him to go on record. Um, you know, as I referenced earlier, I'm only sitting here because they have not, not only have they not gone on record, they've denied it and they've tarred my family name and a long history of serving this country and have other congressmen now talking about Russian disinformation. This whole uh, smear on Joe Biden uh, comes from the Kremlin. I held a top secret clearance from the NSA and the DOE. I served this country for four years in one of the most elite environments in the world, Naval Nuclear Power Training Command. And to have a congressman out there speaking about Russian disinformation or Joe Biden at a, uh, at a public debate referencing Russian disinformation when he knows he sat face to face with me, that I was traveled around the world with his son and his brother, to say that and associate that with my name is absolutely disgusting to me. All right, so it is. And think about this. You're someone that was there and you notice these things and you see the lies swirling around. This is what I would say. If the networks were so inclined to try to run defense for Joe Biden, what they should be doing is trying to disprove Bobulinski here, but he's very credible and he has the receipts to back it up. So what they're not doing is trying to do anything on him. They're just ignoring it or purposely trying to ignore it in order to use that as an advantage to Joe Biden instead of questioning him. And that has to be infuriating, mostly because it doesn't matter when the networks have an anonymous source that turns out to be false. And Adam Schiff, by the way, being one of those perpetrators of what we've seen over the last couple of years with Russia being one of those perpetrators of sharing in 
forcing false information in order to force a narrative. They hit that, they ate that, and it didn't matter. They ran with it. Why? Because it was something that just seemed like, oh, it's credible enough from an anonymous source. But now you have a person that will go on record and bring it out there. So maybe the story should be discredit him or report it if you can't discredit him, because this is something that is absolutely relevant to bring out at this moment. And he talked about Adam Schiff, too. When I saw Adam Schiff go on record talking about Russian disinformation after this email had been posted online by the New York Post. And remember, that email was to me from James Gillier, right? It wasn't, you know, I wasn't blind carboned or CC'd on that. It was to me stating that I was going to be the CEO of this enterprise. Um, I had, uh, I was at the end of my rope. And so I called Rob Walker and I told him that if that statement isn't retracted by Adam, or, uh, Congressman Schiff by midnight on Sunday, that I was going on record and I was disclosing all the facts to the American government, to the American citizen and the world. I was hoping the Bidens would do the right thing or Schiff would retract his statement, but I could not allow another minute, another hour or day for my family's name to be associated or, or muddied up around Russian disinformation. All right. Good for him. So there's a lot of different things that were mentioned on the report last night. Um, the chairman apparently doesn't necessarily refer to the Chinese government. Sometimes in the context, the chairman may refer to Joe Biden. And that's what Hunter Biden would have referred to him as, according to these emails. And if that's the case, keep in mind that directly points to Joe Biden's involvement. For Joe Biden to go out and say, I didn't even know my son had these dealings. Or did it, did it. But no, keep in mind, his son was traveling with him on the government Air Force Two as, as the vice president doing business overseas. He's traveling with his son to these areas. And there's photographs with Joe Biden together with them all. Oh, I had no idea what was going on there. Yeah, right. So now these emails and these text messages that we have someone on record that will go forward and will uh, say, I could verify these are true, is willing to say that Joe Biden is the one that's referenced as the chairman. And the chairman had dealings directly, business dealings with these other foreign entities, along with Hunter Biden, maybe indirectly. In some cases, they may even point to directly. So that's what we're uh, seeing there. Uh he talked about, in general, all the different things that were collected. He's on them directly, his email address, his name. He definitely was documented as having these business dealings with Hunter Biden. So he's someone that has uh, the credibility and the track record and the receipts for all of these things. Among this, I got to say, uh, I think Joe Biden, What when this information came out, I read online that they canceled his other appearances that we were planning on. So do you think he'll address this, this, this interview? Do you think finally the networks may cover it? And, you know, maybe the evening news covered it. I didn't get to watch ABC, CBS, or NBC evening news. Maybe this was too heavy for their morning show. But if they talk about the election, they talk about Donald Trump, they have to talk about this too if they want to try to salvage any of their journalistic integrity. But I don't know if they did. Evening News, don't know if they did either. I want to make sure we give enough time to our guest who's coming up next. He's running for circuit attorney here in St. Louis. He's a litigation attorney. And I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for the day that Kim Gardner is out of office because the city of St. Louis just cannot afford this terrible crime string that we've seen where criminals get a slap on the wrist or, you know what, or nothing at all. 
and it drives me crazy. We see it all the time. It's not going in the right direction. So the challenger in this election that will be up on the ballot in St. Louis is Daniel Zerdowski. Uh, and I wanted to let him have some time to talk about his platform, what he would do differently, what he would do if he were circuit attorney. He's coming up next on Overnight America KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Daniel Zerdrowski is running for circuit attorney here in St. Louis up against Kim Gardner, who holds the seat currently. And it became a request from one of our listeners. Hey, you should get Daniel on. And I said, OK, I'll reach out to him. And here he is now. Thanks for joining us on Overnight America. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I was looking on your website and I have yet to listen to some of your podcasts, but it gives me some good ideas of things we could be talking about. And I think in general, people just want to know what you stand for and what you would do differently if you were in that spot. So how about we look at some of the compare and contrast? We've had a couple of years of Kim Gardner, a circuit attorney in St. Louis. I don't think she's done a good job. In fact, a lot of people do not believe she's done a good job. So what would you do differently? Oh, that's a big question. That's an awful big question. Um, well, first off, I think that it's important that the circuit attorney's office, you know, as the largest litigation office in the city of St. Louis, actually be run by a litigation attorney. I mean, I've tried more cases in the past year than Kim Gardner's tried in her entire career. So to start with, you know, we've got a years-long backlog of violent crimes, and including rapes, homicides, murders. And it's just not going away, and we don't have the staff to get there. So one thing that I'm going to be doing differently is I'm actually going to have my own docket, my own caseload. Kim hasn't taken on a single case herself, with the exception of dabbling in the high politics ones. But she hasn't taken on a rank and file case in the entire time that she's been in office. So that's one thing I'm going to be doing differently. Well, yeah, let me just point out, she um, she has done um, a, spent an awful lot of time defending herself against cases against her personally and using some of the city resources for that. So that needs to be pointed out. I, I don't count that. I don't, I don't count defending against count her, getting sued. It yeah, it doesn't do the city any good, and using the resources and time of her does not help at all. So I just wanted to point that out, but I'm glad you don't count it. <laughs> and, say, and, you know, more importantly, though, you know, we've, we're, as of January, we were the circuit attorney's office is operating at a hundred and eight percent turnover rate. And I don't care if you're running a McDonald's or a law firm; that's an unacceptable high amount of turnover. You know, cases have fallen through the cracks. I mean, I've heard horror stories about violent criminals getting to walk free 
simply because there was no way to show up for court. And when you've got turnover that high, it's bound that things are going to happen. But when you have, you know, high turnover like that at McDonald's, somebody doesn't get the right burger. When you have high turnover like that in the city's prosecutor's office, that means the violent criminals get their cases dismissed. And mm-hmm. I think that's unacceptable. And I have assurances from quite a few former prosecutors that are willing to come back if Kim is gone. Oh, yeah, she did have a mass exodus of people leaving. But what do you think that says, a message to the city? And if you're a criminal, knowing, do you think they play the odds knowing that, hey, I might be able to commit a crime, but, hey, look who's uh, the one that decides if someone shows up to my court date. Do you think the criminals play the odds sometimes, realizing that uh, we're soft on crime and they might get away with what they're doing? I don't know if they phrase it exactly like that, but they know that the chances of them, A, getting caught are basically the same as they were before, but whether or not they actually get prosecuted, they know that there's a decent chance that they're not going to do it. And by they, I mean the circuit attorney's office. I mean, she's got an abysmal conviction rate for homicide. It's hovering at around 50%, when usually it's supposed to be around 90 you know, the resources wow. are stacked in your favor. Witnesses are stacked in your favor. You get to pick your own cases that go to the trial. Now, there's no reason why you should only be winning half of your cases, and the criminals know that. Wow. What do you think about the police exclusion list? Because that was another controversy of Kim Gardner and working with the police. There's been some hostility in that sense where she won't even take certain cases on if it comes from, you know, even if you have a recorded admission from a criminal, she still won't take it on if it's presented by a certain officer. Yeah, there's a reason why literally no other city in the United States does their exclusionary list like that. And nobody even has an exclusionary list like this. So it's her take, her poorly thought out take on a Brady list. So a traditional Brady list is a list of officers that have some baggage in their background, okay? And ethically and constitutionally, the prosecutor's office is required to turn that information over to the defendants and the defense counsel and let them do with it as they will, you know, that and whether to be impeached or whatnot. And then the prosecutor's office, they've got to just build their case up a little bit heavier, make sure that there's more corroborating evidence, make sure that their witnesses are more... uh, more tight, their uh, fingerprints, and and all of their evidence is just a lot tighter. And that way, on a case-by-case basis, it's allowed, the case still gets to proceed through, through the legal system, but, you know, while still preserving the constitutional rights of the accused. And that's how it generally works, and that is generally considered to be the way it should work. Her list, on the other hand, of just listing her out her 85 officers that she just has no no transparency on. I mean, they don't even know a lot of them. Only uh, the officers that I've spoken with, they don't know whether they're on her list or not because they there's really no way to verify. You just realize after a while that your cases aren't getting picked up. And so, I I mean, when she put that list together, I think that it was poorly thought out and politically motivated. And so you end up with cases like Robbie Robinson's son, who was shot, killed, thrown in a dumpster, and it was truly horrific stuff about two years ago, and still no charges have been brought. And they had a very solid case against the guy who did it. I mean, very solid. But she just doesn't like the officer who made the arrest. So guess what? No justice for his family. Oh, that is so ridiculous. And and I got to say, yeah, go ahead. Noxious. 
It, I mean, it it's is obnoxious. obnoxious. And it's infuriating. And think about how many people in the city have been victim to crimes. We're looking at a homicide number that continues to tick well above 200. We're seeing the highest in how many years? And I, I got to wonder how much of that is because we're not taking seriously those that we've caught committed crimes. We have enough evidence to prosecute, but instead we cycle them right back onto the street. And we see, too, even um, some of the more famous cases there's even if you are caught and they decide to take it up, sometimes the sentencing is so lenient. Like there was that one case where the guy gets in a dispute. He was over at a bar near Ballpark Village, leaves, comes back with a weapon, tries to shoot his intended target, hits an innocent person, kills him while he's out there celebrating his birthday, goes to court. And then what happens? Four years in jail for, you know, killing someone, you know, with a weapon, with a gun. And then you see even targeted officers. We saw former officers, retired officers try to get carjacked. They get killed in the making. And then what happens? You get a slap on the wrist for some of these things, even if you get prosecuted. So, I, you know, I, it's so frustrating to see all these things. And I, I just need to know that if you got into office, that sort of thing would stop happening. Look, the circuit attorney's office is only one part of the criminal justice program, and it's only one part of the greater system. It's not the director of health and human services. It's not the mayor's office, and it's not the, and it's not the board of aldermen. But it does play an important role, and if it's not being done, it's not being done to its fullest extent, and there's really just no commitment on the side of the prosecutor's office to actually enforce laws as they're written, then it's going to lead to situations like that. And it is my promise I will do everything I can to take this job seriously and not use it as a, as a tool to just political my further career, unlike my opponent. Yeah, and you're running for a circuit attorney here in St. Louis, and if people wanted to find some of your stances, what's a good website for you? Many of my stances can be found on my website at www.danielzprosecutor.com. DanielZprosecutor.com. Now, I wanted to ask you about this, too. What we've seen, uh, do you think what we've seen so far in the circuit attorney's office has contributed to the high crime rate? Because there's a, I know there's a lot of things that do factor into it, but just the stances and the things that we've decided to prosecute and going soft on some of these violent crimes, deciding not to prosecute, you know, and even when the police present a solid case, still ignoring, do you think that has contributed to the violent crime and the issues we're seeing today in St. Louis? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, just just uh, I think it was about two months ago I was in court in the city and uh, this wasn't my case. This wasn't. It was just one that I was watching while I was waiting. Um, I mean, it was no, it has been longer than two months ago, but this is just a good example. This is just a good example. There was an ACA case on criminal action. Uh, there was a violent assault a guy shot into a car full of people could have hit bystanders. I mean, it was really bad, really, really bad. And his uh, his defense counsel, you know, gets in there, and he stands up and asks for uh, asks for uh, a lenient fifteen thousand dollar bond with ten percent allowed. You know, it's you know a bond to keep him off the streets because he assumed that that's what would be the uh, would be the bond amount. And then the prosecutor, you know, acting at the direction of Kim Gardner. Uh, asked the court to release him on personal recognizance. And everybody just kind of looked around. Oh, this was probably pre-COVID, and if everyone looked around. But anyway, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Everyone just looked there, and uh, 
just looked at him like, what is going on here? This is a very serious offense. And it's the, not the defense counsel, but the prosecutor who's saying, let this guy out on personal recognizance. You know, that makes you worried. What if there were witnesses out there that, uh, that saw all of this? You know, this guy's just out there, doesn't even have a bond. You know, that was truly disturbing uh, to see that happen. And so, you know, I think that situations like that, it's not just failure to prosecute and failure to uh, you know, actually do the job of the circuit attorneys that is emboldening criminals. But once they're actually being prosecuted, it's the manner in which he's handling the cases, which is almost emboldening that. Mm. DanielZProsecutor.com. You're running for a circuit attorney here in St. Louis up against Kim Gardner. Daniel Zadrowski, do you mind holding on after the break? We can ask a few more questions. Absolutely. All right, and we'll do that next on Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. His website is danielzprosecutor.com. He's running up against Kim Gardner for circuit attorney here in St. Louis, and I wanted to give him some time because we had some listeners reach out and say, we want to hear from him. Daniel Zadrowski, thank you again for answering some questions and coming on tonight to Overnight America. Thank you very much for having me. So you know it's a difficult task, and when you look at the demographic and how normally uh, the city of St. Louis and that district and that city would vote, it has been highly Democrat for many, many, many years, and you got a big task ahead of you. Um, so what do you think is necessary for you to win? What are you, what are you doing right now to make sure that, uh, that you have that chance and you're not just written off? Well, there's a lot of people in St. Louis that have voted traditionally down ticket Democrat for their whole lives, maybe their whole parents' lives, grandparents' lives. But they're also very deeply unhappy with Kim Gardner. And so I've been making sure that the folks that know that, you know, the folks that are not happy with her dereliction of duty and just general lack of willingness to do her job, that there is an alternative option. So, you know, I've got my campaign staff hitting up most of the South side, um, you know, door knocking. We've given out six, we've hit up, I think, 16,000 households. Uh, by election day, we're on track to make 110,000 uh, live phone calls. And I personally have been chipping away at her base the best that I can by spending most days after work and almost every weekend on the north side, just explaining to the voters that there is an option and presenting my case the best that I can. And I think I've made some serious headway into chipping away at her base. And then at the end of the day, it's going to be about voter turnout on election day. And I'm confident that you know, the voters of St. Louis will see that there's another option out there and that they don't have to keep putting up with somebody who's going to be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on these high po- high political cases that just bring in the publicity when we've got rank-and-file victims that just go years without getting justice, if ever. 
You know, one of the interesting things in her tenure is these high-profile cases. So it takes on the governor, uh, ends up being a wash in that sense where, you know, he, he's out of office. If the whole intention was to get him out of office as opposed to actually prosecute him for a crime, then I guess that's a win for her. But really, as a circuit attorney, you should be looking at prosecuting people for crimes. And the other thing is the McCloskeys that we're seeing right now. And the part that I look at and I say, well, the McCloskeys were on their own property— and to me, you're trying to set a political statement with this while you have all these other cases you can be paying attention to. We're talking about violent offenders that are not getting the attention they need. Meanwhile, there's so many victims here in the city of St. Louis with unsolved crimes and even crimes that have been presented that aren't getting any sort of um, attention that you could be paying attention to as opposed to trying to make another national story out of the McCloskeys and things. That kind of thing drives me crazy. So where would your priority be when it comes to the cases you decide to take up? Absolutely, with violent crimes first and foremost. I, I Just by way of example, a couple of Saturdays ago, I was talking with this man. He was in tears because about a year and a half ago, his son was killed in a drive-by shooting. There was a local guy that was a dispute, shot, and his 13-year-old son was killed. And Kim Gardner's office actually did pick up the case, and they pressed charges. This was over a year and a half ago. And he got personal recognizance. And the case has really not moved at all in that entire time. And so the reason why he was crying was because every single day he has to see his son's killer driving around his neighborhood free. Every single day for a year and a half. Until we're done clearing out all of those cases with truly horrendous instances of injustice against victims out there, we don't need to be dropping everything to go after these stupid, high expensive, high profile political cases. I'm not going to weigh in on whether or not the McCloskeys committed a crime or not. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But at the end of the day, nobody was hurt. And it's an insult to the victims that their case gets prioritized. Their case gets pushed up to the front of the queue. The other cases have actually been bumped so that the McCloskey's case could get prosecuted. We've got instances like that man who's crying because he has to see his son's killer every day. Mm, That's got to be difficult. A lot of examples of that, though when we just look at the violent crimes. Just uh, real quick, I'm curious your take on this. When we started with COVID, the idea was we got to release some people from the prisons in order to protect them from COVID. What we find out is through the circuit attorney and through some of the judges, some of the people released were not just like low-level offenders. We're talking about people with violent histories, violent crime histories. Um, Would you have done the same thing as Kim Gardner in that stance? No. 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 And even, I, I gotta say, even the mayor of St. Louis here, Elida Cruson, even had to make it a point saying that she had nothing to do with that, separating herself from the actions, because we do believe that contributed to some of the crime over the summer. Absolutely. I think that if you're going to be making a decision like that, that's not an easy decision to, to make. But as circuit attorney, if you think that that is necessary, if you truly think that, that is necessary, don't extend it to, to violent offenders. Like, just don't do that. Mm-hmm. I think that you bring up things that are important for the city. Uh, I wish you luck. 
I don't know exactly how this will play out, but I think it's important that people know that you are out there and you are running for this position. You're not high profile in the sense that you don't try to make yourself high profile. You, I think you just want to do what's best for the city and trying to tackle this crime issue. Again, if people want to look you up online, what's your website? www.danielzprosecutor.com. And that's a great place. If you want to share that online, that'd be a good thing, too. And I got to say thank you so much. I just messaged you yesterday, and you were very quick to respond. And I'm glad we got you on tonight to Overnight America. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. If you're in the city of St. Louis, Daniel Zadrowski is going to be on the ballot for circuit attorney. Seriously consider him and go look at his credentials and what he brings to the table and some of his ideas that I think would be a well-needed improvement in that office. He joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line. This is Overnight America, KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 